What is up, everybody? Welcome back to RacingNews.com, and welcome back to you, Magic, to Blinkers Off. How are you feeling today, my friend? Uh, pretty great. I'm uh, uh, busy, but I can't say that to you because I think this is your uh, sixth show that you've done so far today. So uh, uh, on top of the preview that you did for the Starless Stakes, which is now over at our YouTube channel and RacingDudes.com, you can check that out. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We've got the uh, we got o Oklahoma. The, wow, I can't speak. I'm so excited. Oakland opening weekend. Uh, Gulf Streams back on the turf. Uh, we got some great turf action there. We're not gonna talk about on this show. That'll be Magic Mike an hour from now. But uh, lots of good races. You know, fun stuff to talk about. And you buried the lead on Twitter, bro. You're drawing for the Racing Dudes 10th annual Triple Crown phasing. By the way, 10th annual. Did you ever think this would last 10 years? I didn't, I didn't know that the website would last 10 years, let alone this thing. So, yeah, I, it's it's pretty shocking. Uh, it, we started it, just Jared and I, then we added Slim, and then we added, you know, three or four more people. And now we've got, you know, a, a full uh, 10 teams and some pairings with some of those teams. So, no, I didn't. It's going to be fun. We're going to make everybody wait till the end that's here. Shoddy and Davey, their new players, are waiting we're waiting till the end to do that, but don't worry. We're not going to have that long of a show today. Uh, so what we're going to do for you, we're having a little intro here. Then we're going to do uh, four stakes races, kind of rapid fire-ish. And then we will get to a little something special from Magic. And then we will draw. So does that sound good to you, Magic? Sounds excellent. All right. Hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I know everybody's kind of doing uh, some, some prep. And I know you have as well. Does it feel like as of right now, this is a lot better crop than it was at this time last season. Absolutely. And actually, if you go back and look at the, the draft for the Triple Crown Fantasy League last year, um, it's on YouTube if you want to go check it out. The uh, It starts off with everyone kind of going, you know, we're not so sure about this crop. Uh, you know, Corniche was the juvenile winner. He was a Baffert horse and he was undefeated. And he went first overall and it made sense at the time. You look back on it now and you're like, damn, like that is... He never made a start uh, that qualified for the fantasy league. He, he didn't make a start till after the triple crown was over. But yeah, it was this year. Uh, and I was talking to Vinny about it. You know, there's we've got like a few horses. We think we obviously know who's going to go first overall because John and Ryan always get the first overall pick. Uh, so we know who John's going to want to take. But, you know, the top two or three or four, we're all very confident are, are who's going to be taken there. And it's just a matter of what order they go. But that you couldn't have said the same last year. Yeah, last year was just a freaking mess. And this year, I feel like we do have a lot more data to go off of. So, listen, hopefully it works out and hopefully it stays strong throughout. I mean, I think people are starting to get a little bit down on this class as they face olders and they don't really fare quite as well as you would hope with Rich Strike and with Zandon. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see. Yeah, Magic, you're not in costume, but... Who knows? You might be soon. <laughs> I've been busy today. I had a dog appointment. I had to go drop him off. And I still have an Apple appointment for my phone later today. Like, it is a crazy day for me. And, and again, you're doing like 18 different shows. So, yeah, it's been a wild day, but that's all right. That's what we're here for. And uh, I'm excited. And Oakland's tomorrow. I'm very excited. I want to talk Oakland Magic. Can we do that? Can we try to make the people some money before we get into our selfish fantasy league? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oakland opening weekend. This is where it's at. Let's do it. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. Oakland opening weekend. Let's go, Magic. A stupid, naive, silly little goose. All right, Magic. Let's get to Oakland and let's get to opening day. I don't know who he was talking about. Could be you. Let's get to Oakland. Let's get to opening day. And let's get to that first race, or, or excuse me, that first stakes race of the meet. On Friday, December 9th, it is the Advent Stakes. 
at Oakland, like I said, five and a half furlongs, $150,000 purse for the two-year-olds. Field of nine. I got him up on the screen now. <laughs> Where are we going, Magic? Well, I, whether or not you think he's going to win, you have to start with the five Tyler's Tribe, uh, a horse that the smallest margin of victory in five wins was six and a half lengths. Uh, every single time was just absolutely looked loaded, and he was facing Prairie Meadows horses, but twice it was open company stakes that he won. They thought he was more of a sprinter than a two-turn horse, and that's why at the Breeders' Cup, they're like, well, let's try the juvenile turf sprint. Sharp Azteca, a freshman sire, has been throwing lots of good turf sprinters. You thought maybe it was going to work out. He ran without Lasix that day, and that's why he had a bad effort. You see he eased, vanned off, and bled. He just had that uh, pulmonary hemorrhage that it unfortunately happened, and you know, I'm, I'm glad, by the way, speaking of Lasix, that we're focusing on the true things while Peter Miller's off winning training titles. Oh, uh, no, we're going to get rid of the Lasix in the sport. That's what matters. Tyler's tribe is is not only undefeated dirt sprinting five and a half or six furlongs, he's not even touched in those spots. It, it's a higher class of horses here, but it's so hard to see this horse losing. You talked about the Lasix thing, and it is frustrating. You know, here you have this feel-good story going into the Breeders' Cup, and then the horse bleeds for for a medication. You know, didn't let him have Lasix, which is just a it's it's another discussion altogether. It's just sickening that the, the this feel-good story ends, and basically about three furlongs, and that horse it, it, the problem started, and it was pretty bad. It was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. It was pretty visible. A lot of time when a horse bleeds. You don't really see it, uh, but it, it looked pretty bad. I'm with you. He's got to be the one to beat, right? He, he he looks like the fastest horse on paper. He has beaten open company before. It wasn't Prairie Meadows, but he did face open company a few times and win. He looks like he's loose on the lead in this spot. I'm just a little worried, Magic. That's this three too much info for Diodoro coming over from the turf of Ellis now running on the dirt. He's got a lot of speed, too, and I just feel like Diodoros had been waiting for this horse uh, to kind of get him going. If you're not going Tyler's Tribe, who are some other ones you're kind of interested in? Well, you still, I was going to say the three too much info. I know that that's one that the, the yeah. preview of racing.com, I know that was a horse that you talked about a lot. Uh, you know, the seven frosted departure, I think at least if we're talking, if we if we both believe Tyler's Tribe is going to win, you've got to find value in your exactus and trifectas. I think the seven frosted departure is a good one. Uh, first of all, very experienced, you know, seven starts. Yes, two wins. But if you look where he's been racing, uh, you know, only one time since he broke his maiden did he drop back down out of stakes ranks. And he won at Churchill Downs by over nine lengths. He's not, you know, hasn't shown to be of that stakes caliber to win. But the Ed Brown stakes last time out at Churchill Downs, that was future stars of tomorrow or stars of tomorrow two card where you had all of the best two year olds that were in training for the dirt. Churchill's not a turf course. Uh, they were all waiting and targeting that week because it's massive purses. Everybody's paying attention to it. It's kind of the focal point of the horse racing world that day. And ran a very respectable third. Powerful, looks like he's going to be, uh, you know, a really useful, I won't say one of Asmussen's best sprinters in 2023, but a very useful, very good sprinter to be running behind there. And if you scratch off the street sense and the breeder's futurity when he was trying to go two turns and he clearly looks like he's a sprinter, he really fits here. So I think if you wanted to do like a 5-7 or a, if you want to go 5-3-7 for a cold trifecta, I think that's a good play here. Yeah, I like the seven a little bit as well underneath. Uh, we talked about a little bit with uh, my dad on the Dudes Who Bet sports show. We, we talked about Oakland for the most part, and we kind of agreed but that that seven is definitely one that looks like has a lot of class compared to the rest of these. Not saying this is the most classy horse you've ever seen, but class compared to the rest of them. 
the last one I would mention is the four. How did he do that? This horse won at Zia last time out, going six furlongs by two and a half in a stakes race. It's comparable-ish, right? I mean, it, it's not Oakland, but that card at Zia was pretty good. It was kind of their big card of the year. Any thought about the four whatsoever for you? This feels like the the Asmussen horse that you'd want to play kind of, you know, early in the Oaklawn meet before, you know, the big horses really start getting uh, gearing up here. You mentioned that stakes win. Um, it, the $190,000 they paid for this son of good magic. And uh, the Robesons are, are one of Asmussen's uh, best uh, clients. They had Jackie's Warrior. So they know what a good looking uh, dirt sprinter looks like for Asmussen. Uh, I don't know. I'm actually, I know that he won at six and he won pretty handily there, but. I'm worried that this might actually be a little too short going five and a half furlongs there. I, you know, that's going to be right up Tyler's tribe's angle. It's going to be right up the threes angle. The four with good magic who, you know, won the bluegrass second in the Kentucky Derby, won the Haskell all mile and eighth mile and a quarter races. It feels like this horse maybe is better at seven, which is where it broke the maiden at Churchill back in September. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, that five and a half might be a little sharp. And I think that's why ultimately we are going to put Tyler's Tribe on top. We've kind of got the same idea. We're going to use Tyler's Tribe on top. If you remember, uh, I think it was, was it this? No, it was last week. I did a video on how to make money on short prices. And that's how you're going to do it. If you like Tyler's Tribe, put him on top of Exactas and tries. Try to get a price involved in there if you like it. So we'll see if we could do it. We've each got kind of our separate ideas on who to play underneath. All right, let's go on magic to Saturday at Oakland park. It's going to race seven. It's the ring the bell stakes. First stakes race of the meet for a Saturday. Second stakes race of the meet overall ring the bell stakes, six furlongs, $150,000 purse for the three-year-olds, a field of seven. And uh, my dad kind of described it like this. They all kind of look the same. What do you think here about the ring the bell stakes? Uh, they all look the same, but we're going to, this is like hitting uh, Oakland bingo. We, we made fun of Miller. We talked about Diodoro. How about Carl Broberg? We'll hit all three of them right here on the same show in a matter of a couple of minutes. The one flash of mischief, I think is a pretty big standout, uh, horse that was running on the, the secondary circuits, right? Lone Star, Prairie Meadows, Canterbury, Remington Park, but looked really good to Broberg. And then they sent him to the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Now, it was weighing over his head, but I don't think that many people really took him that seriously. Now we're back on Lasix. We're back at a, a very suitable spot. If 7-2 to holds, I'd be surprised. But if 7-2 to holds, I feel like that's really great value on a horse that's got speed from the rail, and Christian Torres has been aboard his last three starts. It sounds like we're on the same horse, because I really oh. love Flash of Mischief in this race as well. So, uh, you know, my deal was that race two back at Remington. And as people know, I watch Remington every night, but this was actually on uh, Oklahoma Derby day when they ran the David and Vance two back there, the race that, uh, uh, flash mischief won two back at Remington. So a lot of some of you that don't watch Remington every day may have actually seen this one. It was just too good to ignore. He absolutely dusted that field. Listen, it wasn't like the greatest field you ever see, but at the same time, you didn't look at that field and go, okay, I don't know, you know, if he's like, I don't think he's like one to five. In matter of fact, he was nine to two. So it was a kind of an open field and he absolutely dominated. So uh, I liked him there. Obviously, Breeder Cup Sprint way, way above. This is the perfect spot, right? These horses are okay, but none of them are really going to stand out and are going to scare you. I'm with you. Hopefully seven to two uh, stands out or, or holds up on Flash of Mischief. I really like this horse. Anybody else in here you're looking at? 
Uh, you know, the number six Kavad is one that we've seen, uh, you know, show up in a lot of his spots. He was at Oakland Park uh, trying to go two turns in the Rebel, the Arkansas Derby, and he showed a lot of speed. And you see that uh, in the summertime, Chris Hartman's like, all right, I don't think he's going to ultimately be a two turn horse. Cuts him back to six and has three very, you know, respectable efforts. Last time out in the bet on Sunshine Stakes uh, at Churchill Downs. I feel like that, if you take away Flash of Mischief, you know, this feels like a more comparable field uh, than what the Better Sunshine Stakes was. So that, that fits for him rather. So I, I like that. Francisco Arietta always does well at Oakland Park. Chris Hartman's always good at Oakland Park. Um, so I would play a Kavad. You know, he is going to be having to face uh, older horses here. And, and the two times so far as a three-year-old he faced them, he didn't win. But that effort at Ellis Park, three back against older horses, it was decent. And it was off of a layoff. He showed good improvement there. So you know, if he gives that effort that he had two back, he's going to be pretty tough to hold off. Yeah, it's one of those situations with him. And, and again, you don't really know if these morning lines are going to be accurate when they actually go to post. But boy, two to one feels short, right? I mean, it, he, he kind of hate to play him at two to one. Um, he's only won once this year. He did win at Oakland last year in the Advent Stakes, the, the race we just talked about. So this is the three-year-old version of that, basically. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence. The price is going to probably determine if I try to use him underneath or just kind of try to keep him off. I, I think we need to, to mention at least the number two long range toddy who has not won a race now in forever. The 2019 the Rebel. Rebel Stakes was the last time he's won. <laughs> Oddly enough, he upsets improbable in that race and then hasn't won since. What do you think underneath, though? This horse at times will jump up and run a huge race, and it's like, wow, he, he almost did it. Do you have any interest underneath or just, nah, with him? I don't have any interest ever with long-range Toddy. It just, <laughs> nothing about it makes sense. It, it just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, Willis Horton Racing had this. Willis Horton had it, and then they were like, nah, now nah, we're good. We don't need the horse anymore. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, and that's crazy. That is, he's a beautiful horse. Every time you see him, it's like, oh, you yeah. know, who is that in the post parade? You look down, it's like, oh, I didn't know him because he's forty to one long range toddy. Every once in a while, magic, he'll jump up and run one. You know, it, it could well, be. My favorite thing about long-range Toddy, before you move on, is that it gets forgotten about in history. This is the horse that Maximum Security smashed into in the Kentucky Derby first that caused the whole chain reaction that ended up causing his disqualification. If he doesn't, you know, beat the piss out of long-range Toddy in the far turn and then come back in and hit Code of Honor, you don't know what's going to happen in that spot. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So even more reason not to like like a long-range Toddy, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Shotty says, knowing Oaklong, long range Shotty will win this going away. Fair, fair point, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, you're you play Oakland, but uh, you know, you watch it every race, every single day, so you know, crazy stuff happens. But if yeah. crazy happens in here, god, I'd even take Boulder over long range Toddy. That's just it. If we're talking about a win, I would too, right? Now you're talking hitting yeah. the board, okay, long range Toddy kind of gets into discussion, but yeah, I mean, Boulder that's a horse that has won, you know, before in races kind of similar to this. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's long range Toddy's day. Uh, I think he will continue the losing streak. All right, let's go Oakland. One more race before we head off elsewhere. It's also on Saturday. It's the mistletoe stakes at Oakland park. It'll be race nine on this card for, uh, uh, for the Phillies and mayors, three-year-olds and upward one mile, the distance here. Uh, major note at Oakland, the one-mile races begin and end at the 16th pole. So a short stretch in one-mile races. It's a two-turn race with a short stretch. Remember that for the neat. 
that's how they'll run all the races. Anyway, $150,000 first year field of seven. I really like one in here. Let's see if you agree. What do you, or who do you like on top? I should say. Uh, oh, I remember, I was trying to remember. I was like, who did you like? I, I edited the video, but it was, uh, it was I'm going to remember. I'll let you talk about that horse because I've got a price horse that I really like that if yours doesn't fire for whatever reason, uh, Will Secret, we're back at Oakland Park. We're two for two here. We won the, the Martha Washington Stakes by five and a quarter lengths over Coach in second, who's Coach, I know you love to pick a lot of times at Oakland Park or in spots like this, but that was a at the mile distance, so finishing at the 16th pole. Uh, came back and won the Honeybee Stakes again the next spot. She took, you know, had Dallas Stewart kept putting her into grade one races and it wasn't the right thing to do. And the owners were like, oh, we'll give him to the coach, D-Way and Lucas. Lucas decides, all right, I know what to do with this horse. Gets her spotted properly. Size was aboard the last two races. She ran really well, but two backs, she got beat by a horse that I know you absolutely love here. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I did not pick Will Secret on top. For, I'll talk Will Secret for a second. I think you're right. Uh, the horse is running pretty well, kind of regaining that form. Last time out was a pretty good race. At 10 to 1, you better take a long look at this one for sure. Uh, at least put her underneath, and I will definitely be using this one underneath in some spots. However, why I did not pick this horse to win, because I really like the number six, Leda Vita. I think this horse is a, maybe a budding star and beat the horse that you just talked about, Will Secret, last time out pretty handily. Leda Vita was from, uh, came over from Chile and was running well and then showed up at Churchill Downs two races back for her first race in the United States, dusted an allowance field. It's like, all right, I like it. Again, goes to allowance field at Keeneland, dusted them again. I was like, okay, I think this horse is really, really good. Magic, I think this is a really smart spot to start her in stakes. You know, uh, it, it's hard sometimes going for that allowance ranks to the stakes ranks. Really logical spot for her. I, I think the the horse is is just simply a little bit better than everybody else in this field. Everybody else kind of has their problems. I think the six Leda Vita makes a big move on the turn and gets them in the stretch. Uh, what were your thoughts on her? I mean, it's so rare that you see a, a horse come from South America, especially a dirt horse, come into America and just you know win the first start by three lengths and then win the next start by almost three lengths, uh, looking even better. And, and, you know, those buyer figures really stand out. So, you know, we a lot of times we when we're handicapping races where like the, you know, two back for Leda Vida, we're like, you know, who did she be? What was she doing? It was, she's shown us twice, Aaron, who she is and what she can do. Now, the question is, can she do it at Oakland Park? Because Oakland's a very quirky track. It's, you know, we're stopping at the 16th pole. She is a horse that's going to be coming from really far off. And so uh, watch the price on her because I'm excited for her, but I'm worried at that price at this track and configuration. It might not set up for her very well. I, you know, I, I think a third horse, if you want to talk about uh, the two ice orchid, mm -hmm. uh, it's a three-year-old filly taking on olders, but. You said it perfectly in your, your preview for this race, Aaron. Johnny Ortiz came out like just on fire and kept the fire going all meat. He had a really great summer. You, you see he's clicking at 19% throughout the year. Barber Rhodes trainer, uh, everybody who's a Barber Road fan, shoddy. Uh, Ice Orchid, shortly stable, by the way. Uh, Arkansas native John Anthony uh, loves running horses, loves running the Arkansas breads at Oakland. So a uh, homecoming for this horse who made her first four career starts here. I think this is a good spot for her. She seems to be informed to hit the board. It's just a matter of, you know, can she get that close to the six? Hey, you know who else liked Ice Orchid? Papa Dude. He he's he likes this horse a lot uh, for Saturday, and he thinks that price will hold because of some of those other horses in the race. I'm with you. 
I'm glad you mentioned Johnny Ortiz, a really, really, really good trainer. Uh, I mentioned on the, the last show I did that everybody knows the Ortiz jockeys, but not everybody knows this or John Ortiz, the trainer. He's very good. And he is very, very good uh, early in this meet. Like you said, he usually starts this thing on fire. So good, good comment there. I like it. We'll talk about coach real quick because it seems like we're always picking coach, but we're kind of against her after that last race, right? Yeah, well, looking at her recent form, her best races were all in the slop. I don't know what the uh, what the weather forecast is going to be, but it's just too hard to to figure out what kind of coach is going to show up. And at two to one, I don't want to I don't want to pay two to one or less on her to to find out in this spot. I'm going to pass on her completely in the top three. I'm with you. I'm going to try to beat her, and hopefully, the coach's horse, Will Secret, runs well and helps us out there. And hopefully, I'm right on Lay uh, Lay Davida, and hopefully, we're both right on there on horse uh, on horse Iken Ice Orchid. <laughs> I almost really screwed that one up. All right, let's go on. Let's go on to your neck of the woods, Magic. Let's go to Los Alamitos. Uh, their thoroughbred, uh, little thoroughbred meet, opens up on Friday. Let's go to Saturday. We do have a grade one, believe it or not, and it is the Starlet Stakes on Saturday at Los Al. It'll be race nine, a field of seven lined up for this one. I'll let you take it away here since this is your track out in California. Three Bafferts, uh, a couple Gervins, uh, some Maidens. Yeah, this is uh, this is Los Al racing right here We're uh, in one standout, and that's the three phase. You know, seven to five in the morning line. If you can get that overseas, get it right now. You're... It, you know, you got a better chance of five to seven than seven to five. Um, that debut at Del Mar uh, was just impeccable. Pratt was aboard and never once looked worried aboard her. Uh, she pressed a pace that was, you know, pretty quick, uh, sub 22, 44 and, and three. Uh, one under a complete hold in a blazing time at, for that level and for what they were trying to do. Del Mar's dirt course plays a little slower in the winter because it's not, you know, the, the, the sand's just, it's not as hot. So the sand just doesn't move as well under their feet. And immediately from that spot, people who are in the know in California went starlet winner right there. So uh, who am I to doubt the people like uh, like Jeff Siegel, you know, who think that she might be winning the starlet off of that debut. Now, she does have to go beyond six furlongs for the first time. And there are some horses in here that are have done well going two turns, maybe not necessarily have one, but have done well uh, going two turns. So, you know, I don't I, she's not going to be a complete slam dunk in terms of just on paper, but. Knowing Baffert, knowing that you know that he wins the Starlet in the last uh, 27 years, he's won this race. Uh, it, it's so hard to go against him here. I think she'll probably moonwalk backwards in the stretch. Honestly, like it, it was a kind of debut where it was like it was really good, but it's like you could tell there was a little bit more left in the tank. Like she wasn't all out, you know. Um, got bet down like like the good ones do of his, and and, and ran to the looks and ran to the price. Yeah, I, I I like FaZe is going to win this one pretty easily. Any Anybody else? I mean, the other Bafford maybe? The other, other Bafford? Or, or what do you think underneath? Uh, you know, the one uh, doing it the hard way is the, the maiden in here, but did run a, a decent, a pretty good second at Del Mar going two turns in her first route try. But I'm actually going to go, I'm going to take a Mike Samich angle. I'm going to go with the six for my second choice here. Los Al's dirt course is not like Del Mar. It's not like Santa Anita. It plays pretty well for turf court turf horses coming in. I think the six pride of the Nile is going to be sneaky here. Uh, debuted in a two turn turf stakes, uh, lost to Comanche country, but only by three and a half lengths, finishing fourth in a field of 11 Comanche country won her next stakes as well. And then went to the breeders cup juvenile Phillies turf. She didn't do that hot, but she's a California horse in the breeders cup on turf. You didn't expect a whole lot. We bring her back to California, uh, drop to the maiden race, get a win going two turns on the turf. 
right back on the turf, two turns, get another win. JJ Hernandez is back aboard for the third straight time. I think she's going to be pretty sneaky here. And if there's a, for whatever reason, if phase isn't the one, you know, doesn't end up getting the job done. I think six is most likely. Yeah, I, I think you're right that Los Alminos turf does definitely play uh, to speed. So our two turf, our, the Los Alminos dirt does play to turf horses. I'll try it eventually here. You get it right. And you're right. I mean, the horses look very good the last couple. So we'll see. Could be interesting to see a, a non-Bafford uh, horses get up there and kind of get the job done. Uh, I wanted to ask you about I, – I have the one in second, by the way. I think the horse will mm-hmm. like the stretch. I wanted to ask you about the seven blessed uh, blessed touch. I really liked that horse last time out. Got smoked. Was I just dumb to like that horse? You weren't dumb to like her in the Desi Arnaz. I think she's a one-turn horse. I think if you liked her here, that's where I'm going to have concerns. And, and Los Al, not only does the dirt play sometimes better to turf horses than to dirt horses, but – uh, it's also the longest stretch in North America in terms of a dirt course. So uh, it's right up there with Churchill and Belmont. So you've got a sprinter, like she might be in the lead off the turn or right there with Faza, but that's, she's got a whole, like seven football fields to still go. And you saw what happened in the Desi Arnaz going one turn, Justique just right on by. I think Blessed Touch is probably going to finish off the board here. Well, that's not good because I put her in third. Uh, Michael says uh, Faza kissed him, so she will win. Is Michael the – they're both named Mike. Is Michael the new Saratoga Slim of the West? That's the question. You know, it's starting to turn out that way. He's uh, he's down in the, the paddock at the tracks in California more often than I am now. He's getting all the inside information. So we need to do uh, – uh, let's see. Can't be Saratoga Slim. Santa Anita Skippy? I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop <laughs> that one. We'll work on that. <laughs> Santa Anita Skip. There we go. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. That's it for the previews. We got a short kind of, uh, uh, you know, week this week, and then we'll be back, right? So uh, we'll be back full oh, yeah. swing next week with the. Well, actually, we have the fantasy league draft, and then uh, we'll be full full back with the previews. All right, Magic. Malibu, right uh, any other final words before we move on? Uh. Well, I did prepare a little video for everybody. If you're not familiar with the Drip Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League, it's a little introduction video, so we'll play that. It's it's a few minutes long, but it's I hope hope everybody will enjoy it. Aaron seemed to enjoy it when I asked him to uh, sign off on it earlier, so uh, we'll, we can play that video, and then we'll be back, and we'll do the fantasy draw after that. Okay, before you do that, I got to do this first. A stupid, naive, silly little goose. <laughs> All right, Magic talked about it. I'll let him set it up. Okay, Magic, take take it away. The, the stream is yours. All right. Well, we're gonna, we got to pull ourselves out because otherwise it still picks up our mics, and I don't want uh, all of your laughing and guffawing to pick up. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a few minutes. Enjoy this little intro video for the Racing Dudes Triple Crown. And now, all rise for the reigning, defending, undisputed Triple Crown Fantasy Champions of the World, the Magic Mike Show!
<laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Racing Dude Triple Crown Fantasy League. As your defending champions, let me first tell you what an honor it is for the Magic Mike Show to be here, gracing your airwaves with our presence. Hey, maybe this will be what finally puts Blinkers off back ahead of the Magic Mike Show in the ratings. And eh, maybe not. I doubt any of you can handle being on top of this stallion right here. On behalf of my esteemed colleague, Mr. Michael Q. Samich, we want to first thank everyone in the league from last year for donating their money to be able to help purchase this beautiful 100% gold Racing Dudes Fantasy League Championship belt adorned with every single one of the horses that helped bring us the trophy this year. We love a horse here that you guys are complete and utter idiots for not drafting by this point somebody took rocket dog guess what he's not even going to win the gun runner on sunday do you know who's going to win the gun runner it's got a horse named epicenter for steve asmussen this horse is the goods look out epicenter's coming at us right mike yeah all the things i love asmussen and, and rosario what could go wrong <laughs> i don't have to deal with all this bullshit anymore i'm just going to hand things over to mike samich because uh, i got to meet my drug dealer in a little bit so mike samich uh take it away who are we going here next well, you know, uh, we've got a trainer down in Florida who's really cooking right now. Started off the meet really hot. We're going with the Kathy mm. Joseph Jr. horse. White Abario. Gonna dominate that Florida circuit, baby. Come on! <sighs> oh, yeah! We're gonna go with Gilded Age for Bill Mott. We love the fact that the this horse, first three starts, lost to Major General, Rattle and Roll, Giant Game, Fourth start as the Blinkers wins very well. This is a Medaglia Doro out of a Bernardini mare who won the grade one chandelier as a two-year-old, was a stakes-winning dirt router at four. We learned our lesson. We don't take Bill Mott's in the first round anymore. No more Munchos. We wait till the fifth round to take him. He's going to rack up some points for us. This is the easy dub, baby. Let's go. We'll see you at the top of the point standings, bitches. Now you might be asking yourself, well, Magic's here. Where's Mike? Well, Mike chose to use his half of your money to take horse name pronunciation lessons from Manu. That's actually why he isn't here right now. They're practicing for the draft next week. And speaking of the draft, let's look at our competition in this league. Let's start with the team who always drafts first overall, but never knows what to do with it. John and Ryan, welcome back. Glad to have you in the league again. Hey guys, remind me, how did your third first overall pick in this league go for you last year? Ryan, you've got the number one pick. I know you and John have been talking about it. Who are you going to go? Who's number one? We were shocked to get the number one pick. And with this pick, we take Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner Corniche. And hopefully we'll have better luck with this Baffert draftee than we did with McKinsey and with Life is Good. Whoopsies! Next up, we've got Grandpa Freebeers. I know you're elderly and they like to take it easy on you, but you really should have been arrested for what you made your poor wife do last year. The uh, second pick in the first round, Monique, who is it? Smile Happy. I mean, that pick looked good for about as long as Smile Happy could last on the track, which is about 45 seconds, also known as a good night for Jared. And speaking of Jared, oh boy, your draft last year won for the ages. Do yourself and everyone else a favor don't show up to the draft this year. I mean, it worked for you two years ago. We didn't have to see your ugly mug and you ended up winning the championship despite not actually drafting any of your own horses. I mean, seriously, which one of these horses from last year are you the most proud of drafting? Is it Emmanuel? Is it Rockefeller? Is it Command Performance, Stellar Tap, 
Wit got an idea. How about this year you try drafting horses that don't suck? Next up, we got Geist. Buddy, I got to hand it to you. You started out the draft last year so well. You did so much better. You took Mo Donegal. He was great. He wins the Belmont Stakes, one of the top three-year-olds last year. And then after you took Mo Donegal, you just turned back into the same old Geist. Your next four horses made a combined four starts during the fantasy season. Zero wins, zero stakes placings, zero hope. Guys, I know you're still one of the newer teams in the league, so maybe you haven't figured out that the main purpose is to earn points with good horses. Now, someone who actually did learn from their past mistakes is Vinny, Real Dynasty Picks. He gets the most improved award. Yeah, everybody give Vinny a round of applause. Most improved, A, because he got rid of the dead weight that was Nick. But B, all five of his draftees, they actually had names this year instead of hit numbers. I mean, it's really sad how low Vinny's bar is set, but hey, He's not my monkey, that ain't my zoo. Wait a minute, is this true? Kelby and Evil Stevel are joining forces this year? Wow, talk about the blind leading the blind. Kelby and Stevel are like that combo you order at Taco Bell at 3 a.m. and then it ruins your whole week because you can't get off the toilet. And speaking of poop, Dan's been in this league as long as I have, but can anyone remember a time when Dan's team wasn't in last? Yeah, me neither. Now, last year we brought Michael on board thinking that might help Dan finally flush his demons, and it turns out Michael's opinions were as welcome as a porcupine at a nudist colony. Now, the good news for Kelby, steve Dan, Michael, and everybody else in this league who sucks, we got a new team this year. Maybe they'll also suck. I don't know. Everybody give a warm welcome to Shoddy and Davey, two newbies whose combined horse racing knowledge is as pitiful as a three-legged dog. But hey, whenever you kids get discouraged, and trust me, playing against Mike and I, it's gonna happen a lot. Just remember, you asked to be here. And finally, Aaron, the dictator. Buddy, your team last year was exciting as a mashed potato sandwich. You could screw up a two-car funeral as badly as you draft. Can you please try drafting horses that aren't just gonna finish third and fourth in every single stakes race this year? Try and find somebody that actually has a chance of winning. And on that note, I'm going to get the hell out of here. Make sure you guys come back Thursday, December 15th for more of the Magic Mike Show reign for the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League. It'll be live on Blinkers Off. Tune in to see us. And until then, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Yeah! Woo! Let's go! Fantasy time! All right! That was very Who's good. ready? That was that was way better than last year. <laughs> I just I love, love petting this so much. I love oh. the belt. Oh, all that hard-earned money you gave me for this. Ah, oh, that's what makes it even better. I, I absolutely loved it. I I loved what you did this year. Last year you were good. This year you were great. That's the difference. Listen, uh, I have my uh, my my Lord and Savior Maxwell Jacob Friedman to thank for that. I know. Mike asked a good question. How was that breeder that not at the Breeders' Cup? I need that belt bad. You have no idea how many months this has been sitting, waiting to be debuted at the right exact moment. I did think about the Breeders' Cup. I just thought, we'll wait. I don't want to take attention away from the World Championships with everybody focusing on this beautiful hunk of 50 pounds of gold over my shoulder. <laughs> Let's just wait until it's proper. You know, we'll let the Breeders' Cup horses like Flightline have their little moment in the sun. Flightline's gone. They're all gone. Now's what matters right here.
I, I, I'm a shoddy. I'm so hyped after that video. You sent it to me earlier and I was like, all right, we're, we're back. We're ready for this. And this is going to be great. Yes. You channeled your inner MJF. Uh, as Dennis said, maybe it's magic Jacob Freeman. And Ooh, uh, the little like Jim Cornette at the end was perfect. The Jim Cornette was great. So all around great job, but magic, you're going to lose this year. I'm sorry. But we're going to draw for, for the uh, position. So here's the deal. We're going to draw uh, the 10 names now for the for the draft positions, for the draft that we will do next week. So next week at 7 p.m. Central Time, we will do our, our annual Triple Crown uh, Fantasy League draft. We'll have 50 horses drafted that night. Uh, the, the other Curtis was on saying, boy, there were some bad horses drafted. If you missed the, the start of the show, at that time last year, nobody had any idea what was going to happen. I think there'll be some uh, some more. We have more knowledge of some horses. Let's put it that way this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, all right, Magic, are you ready for the draft order? I'm ready. We've proven time and again. It really doesn't matter what happens with the order here because John and Ryan are going to screw up the first overall pick anyway. Okay. Well, there you go. So here's what I'm going to do. I've got the random generator, right? And so I've got the teams numbered one through 10. So I am one, John and Ryan two, Paul three, Geist four, the Magic Mike show five, Jared six, Dan and Michael seven, Evil Stevel and Kelby eight. That's a, a new ish team. Uh, Real Dynasty nine. And then Shoddy and, and Davey are 10. So here's what I'll do I'll hit the generator right there. And so. For this, this is not the real thing, but this example. So it drew nine. So it'd be real dynasty. And then I'll hit the generator again, and it'll tab, it'll, it'll come up with their uh, draft position. Does that make sense? It sounds, it sounds a lot more fair than the bullshit drawn out of a hat that nobody can see until it suddenly appears. Okay. Thankfully for, <laughs> I'm going to ignore you. Thankfully for Vinny, that was just a practice, but he would have number 10 if that was real. Okay. It's real. Here we go, Magic. Here we go. Let's do it. The team is five, two, three, four. The Magic Mike Show. So you know your fate right here with one click of the button. Here we go. Magic. I can Mike get out of here. Ready? I can get out of here right after this. Actually, this is perfect. No, I got better. Have... I got better, more important things to do right now. So I'm sorry. You have to say. Here we go. Number five. Here we go. The Magic Mike Show will get three. The Magic Mike Show will get number three. What do you think? That's excellent. You know, at the, at the top of the show, I was saying that there's about four horses that after the, the who, who you know is going to go first overall, there's about three other horses that we uh, we think are really solid. So we like our chances here. It also gives us a little room to play if we want to get active in the trade market. I know that's happened the last two years in the draft that the early sw uh, spots have been swapped around a little bit. So we are open for business. Yeah, your, your partner, Mike Samich, says that's great. So we're happy right now at the Magic Mike Show. Number three for Magic Mike Show. Here we go. Next team will be number two. That is John White and Ryan Stillman. All right, here we go. John and Ryan, they will draw where? Number three. Try again. Number six. They are <laughs> That sucks. John and Ryan have always ended up number one somehow. Number six for John and Ryan. Okay, next team. Here we go. Not number. Oh, number three, uh, Paul Three Beers Withrow. So Paul Withrow, here we go. Three Beers, where will he draw? 
number four for Paul. So Paul draws number four. Pretty good, pretty good spot, I think, there for old Polly Walnut. All right, it, it, you know, it gets it gets Grandpa Free Beers in early and gets him back out for the for the Bluebird special, and he can still be in bed at seven. That's great. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's that's what we're here for. All right. Let's go now. Let's see. Who was the eight? Two, three, four, five, six. Uh, Kelby and Evil Stevel. All right. Kelby and Evil Stevel. The blind leading the blind, as you described them. Okay. Let's see where they're drawing. Number two. Uh oh. How fitting. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> don't. Oh, don't do that. All right. Kelsey and Evil Stevel, number two. That is a good draw for them. All right, let's let's your show on. that'll get canceled, not mine. Let's see, Team Five. That was you guys. Team One. Me. I know everybody wants this, but it's okay. All right, here we go. Myself, number one. Give me number one again. Come on, come on. Hey! Yes! <laughs> All right, and the Remington Springboard Mile winner goes first overall in the Triple Crown Fantasy League. Now, this, we've been doing this 10 years. This is the first time I've ever been with the number one. No, second time. I'm sorry, with the number one pick. Uh, the is this first the first time, time since in, we've expanded to 10? I think so. The The first time I picked uh, Independence Hall first, who got me like 10 points. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Extra Anejo could be number one. I have Forte ranked number one, though. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's keep going. I don't think number, drafting is your forte. Number six, Jared. Jared, number six. All right, let's see what he gets. Seven. <sighs> Jared will draw seventh. All right. Moving on. We got to finish this up here. Let's see. Who's number seven on the list? Five, six. Uh, Dan and Michael. Are you ready? This is important. Number two, already taken. Number 10. <laughs> Now, if they were a good team that knew what they were doing, they're picking on the horn, and we do snake style. So you're going to have back-to-back picks in two different rounds. So it could work out for them if they were a team that knew what they were doing. Well, big if. All right. So we have three spots left, the five, the eight, and the nine. And we have Geist, we have Real Dynasty, and then we have Shoddy and Davey. So that's who's left, Okay. So, five, eight, nine, you said? Uh, five, eight, and nine. Yes. So here okay. we go. And the four is Geist. So Geist is the team number four. Now let's see what they get here. What he gets. He'll get nine. Okay. So Geist will be number nine. So that leaves eight and five. So, uh, Vinny and uh, and Shadi and... Hey, Dennis eight. has a good suggestion there, too. Uh, if you don't want to keep spinning the wrong numbers, if you just make it one and two and assign them... Okay, one and two. Okay, I've done it. Team one will be uh, Real Dynasty. Team two will be Shoddy and Davey. Okay, here we go. One or two. Two. So it's Shoddy and Davey. So they got the five and the eight left. So if you draw a one, you get the five. If you draw a two, you get the eight. That makes sense? All right, here we go. Five or eight. Here we go. Five. You guys will get the five. Called her shot. What? You know, this is a good sign for the fans. She called her shot a couple of minutes ago. She wanted five. She got five. This is a good sign. All right. This is as good as it's going to get, but it is a good sign for them. Okay. Let me read them off for you. Okay. I will draw or I will draft first. Evil Steve and Kelby second. The Magic Mike Show will be third. 
Paul will be fourth. Shoddy and Davey will be fifth. John and Ryan, sixth. Jared Welch, seventh. Real Dynasty, eighth. Geist, ninth. And then Dan and Michael, tenth. That's it. That's the list. What are your What are your thoughts, Magic? I mean, you should have handicapped it and made us pick like sixth or seventh. You make us pick third. We're going to repeat. It's, it's that simple. We're going to repeat. It's okay. All right. Well, I don't think you're going to. Do you know why? A stupid, naive, silly little goose. Sorry. I just had to do it one more time. That's all right. Get your laughs in now. Get your laughs in now. All right. Well, speaking of laughs, you can go over to the Magic Mike show here coming up in 12 minutes and see if they can get a couple right on their uh, big forces uh, for this Saturday at Gulfstream Park. It's going to be. Well, we always get a couple right. It's never an issue getting a couple right. It's a pick five. That's the problem. You're right. Oh, you're doing a pick five. That's even tougher. All right. Give us a little preview and then we'll get out of here, Magic. We are going to be previewing Gulfstream Park Saturday, late pick five on December 10th. It is uh, the three races are on turf, including the Wade a Wild Stakes. You've got Delight coming back from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. A really fantastic field. The other two races on synthetic. Real happy to have Gulfstream Park turf racing back. And if you haven't been following it, they completely tore it down over this summer, shut down the turf course, rebuilt it to be similar to Santa Anita's turf course getting extremely rave reviews ever since it first opened. So very excited to see it. You've got the Ortiz brothers will be there on Saturday. Uh, it, it's going to be a great time. Uh, lots of competitive races. And I'm, I have no idea if Mike and I agree on pretty much anything right now. So uh, probably going to have, yeah, there you go. He's got a 20 to one on top in one of his races. So Mike's already gone full Gulfstream and we haven't even started previewing it yet. I don't blame him. I think it's uh, I think it's a good idea. All right, guys, that's all the time we have. We got to get magic out of here. Thanks everybody for joining us uh, this week and uh, that beautiful, beautiful belt that Magic has. Congratulations! Hopefully, you get to keep it, Magic. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, thank you everybody. Good luck if you're playing this weekend, <laughs> and we'll see you over at the Magic Mike Show here in about ten minutes. See you guys. <laughs>